Welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I am Ashley LeBlanc. I'm the executive director here. And in a minute, I'm going to be joined by Priscilla McKinney, our mama bird and CEO. I am so excited. We launched this new series a couple of weeks ago. It's called Dear Priscilla pretty much like Dear Abby. Um, And it's a segment dedicated to asking the weird, slightly embarrassing, but universally pondered marketing questions. Uh, Priscilla and I, we honestly, we found ourselves in these confession style situations with clients, friends, and the marketing curious. So we've taken some of the most popular questions. People have been submitting questions online, on LinkedIn, um, and we're creating podcast episodes around them. So Priscilla, I know you've had a blast kind of chatting with people on LinkedIn. And our question today actually comes from someone you were talking to. Yeah, it's super fun. And I'm so glad that you did not start the series called Dear John, because I don't want anybody breaking up with me. <laughs> that's that's the next series. No, 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 no. Nobody can break. Nobody, everybody, you cannot break up with me. <laughs> now that we have that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun to get this one because it was from a peer who was actually attending conferences and we were chatting in, in in the um, virtual chat rooms and and then we took conversation online and she just was curious about some stuff and sure enough this is when it happens boom out comes this confessional hey I struggle with this what do you think of it and it was such a cool question so I, I was I was excited that this uh, this series that we conceived of because we always get these crazy questions that it really struck a nerve and I'm I'm really loving all the submissions that are coming in so we'll keep filtering through them and definitely keep sending them in to us, but slide them to us on a napkin um, if we get the privilege of seeing you in person (laughs) or send them, you know, via email or put a sticky note with your question on top of a champagne bottle and mail it to us. We'll be sure to see it. I I love that one. I choose that one. Yeah. And if you do have a question for us, of course, you can reach us both on LinkedIn, um, Twitter. You can send us a message on Facebook, Carrier Pigeon, whatever it may be. But you can always reach us at our email, which is podcast at littlebirdmarketing.com. Send us your question. We will be sure to work it into the series. All right, Priscilla, are you ready to dive into this question? I am ready. Let's do it. Here we go. Dear Priscilla, I want to stay current and attend as many virtual events as possible, but I find it overwhelming. While I've been traveling to trade shows and conferences for years, now that they are virtual, I'm finding it difficult to block out my schedule to fully attend. The quantity of webinars and online learning opportunities is causing virtual fatigue. How do you thrive when presenting at or attending multiple conferences in the same month? juicy. There's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack. So before we dive in, I just need to tell our audience, brace yourselves because there's going to be a lot of information here, but hopefully it's fun. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. And we only laugh because it keeps us from crying, Ashley. (laughs) 100% true. Yeah. You know, so interesting. I get this fatigue question a lot. And actually I was just on with a client yesterday in preparation um, for this um, I, I reached out to someone else who had mentioned this same issue to me and asked her a little bit more too. So I've been kind of information gathering about what is it that's really bothering people. 
but people keep talking about this, the Zoom fatigue or the conference fatigue, um, but also what they're feeling is, uh, I hear on the bottom of it is a little bit of boredom too. <laughs> you know, they're just kind of bored being online, whereas when we were in person, they weren't bored. But I do think the first thing that I think about this is that they're asking, how do I get rid of that conference fatigue? And I guess my first thought is you can't. I don't care if it's in person. I don't care if it's virtual. The conference fatigue is a thing, but you have to really embrace it. And you have to also get in, um, it, get it in your mind that it is going to be a little bit of a slog, but why are you there? Is it going to be worth it for you? And you need to instead flip the conversation and start thinking about all the things that you're going to get, how it's going to be energizing, et cetera, et cetera. And that's so true. I mean, I'm just thinking back to um, when we were in Austin or some of the other places we traveled last year and we, we kind of like play it up in our head that it's like, oh, virtual fatigue. Well, in-person conference fatigue is real too. I, I know like we would go all day. And if you're listening to this and you, you run that trade show circuit too, um, you're tired at the end of the day, you flop down at the end of the day on your bed and you pass out and then you wake up the next day and guess what? You do it all again. And some of my favorite memories are me and you and Mike uh, and Tacey and we're staying up till like two in the morning and we're having fun, but we're hitting every single networking event that the conference is putting on, making meaningful connections that we get to follow up with the next day. But guess what? We are exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah, you said that we flop into bed at the end of the day. We never flop into bed at the end of the day. We flop into bed at the beginning of the next day. That's yeah. the issue. Very <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. So. And and that's just, that's the way that it works. But we wake up the next day energized. And there's a couple of reasons that we are energized. And part of that is being around people. And it's kind of the culture. And everyone's waking up and doing the thing and working hard. But we're still tired. The fatigue <laughs> is still a thing. Yeah. On the other hand, everybody, we could end this podcast by saying everybody should have a conference buddy like Tacey Avedikian from Innovate MR because at 2 a.m. after we had finally finished every last networking session in Chicago, she sent both of us french fries <laughs> via like 2 a.m. to our room, compliments of Tacey. <laughs> Which I'm like, we're all just exhausted, haven't eaten for hours and just like, but we know we got to get up really early. So that's the fun side of it. You got to kind of tap into that and, and, and make it really worthwhile to you and create some memories and, and bring some effort, bring some of your energy to it. So you kind of got to prep yourself. Let's transition a little bit. What's, what's next now that we have that out of the way, now that we, people can throw out that idea really it's why they're coming to these conferences, right? Yeah, I think that's the thing is that people come, but they don't come with a clear plan of what it is they're trying to do. And I think you really have to get an alignment about what your personal goals are for this particular conference, because a lot of people can be coming with different goals. You can be coming to actually learn. Some people are really in it for the learning. Some people are in it for the networking. Like they're very, you know, um, willing to be open. Like, I don't know, I'm not looking for something in particular. I'm looking for maybe a connection, maybe a peer, maybe a new employee, maybe a new employer, you know, like, they, you know, maybe they're looking for the next client. Maybe they're just, you know, that. Maybe they just want to expand who they know in the industry. But some people are really, they're intentionally prospecting. 
And there are very different ways that you approach a conference. And I just say, you really need to get in alignment yourself with what your goals are and why you're showing up, because that is going to then not make you have that like disjointed experience. And that is actually very tiring. And I'll kind of piggyback off of that, because the thing is, you may be coming to one of these conferences with multiple goals. You may have multiple agendas and you probably have a team of people that are attending. I know we, it's not, most of the time, it's not just Priscilla or not just me at one of these conferences. It's both of us and maybe a couple other people on top of that. We attack it as a team, but it's about dividing and conquering. Okay. Is your goal sales? Is your goal learning? It if you divide and you conquer, everyone walks away with something and then you're able to come back together, debrief in a really meaningful way that I think helps companies scale and honestly gives you ROI at these at these conferences, which now that most of them are virtual, we're talking about discounted rates or even free. So that's like maximum ROI. Right, right. I love that. The team, think about this when we bring several people. So we've got someone shooting video. We've got someone doing photography. We've got someone we've dividing and conquering all the different sessions so that we can get good social, you know, uh, traction. We, this is, this is what we want out of it. I'm not going to be shy and, 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 um, you know, back away from it. I want to actually go into sessions, not only learn something, but I also want fodder for social. I want to learn something, maybe some fodder for a blog. Um, but we're also trying to connect, you know, our ourselves and our company and get exposure. And so by breaking up and putting people in different sessions, that really is worked in person. But on the virtual ones, you don't have to do that very often. There are some that break out into multiple sessions at a time, but we're seeing more often than not, we're seeing a full format of a full room, you know, type of thing. So, you know, in terms of dividing and conquering, you still have to look at the whole conference, even if it's virtual and say, yeah, but each person who's playing a part, what is it that they're tasked with? And, and I know someone's here listening going, but it's just me. Okay, that's fine too. You know, it, it, it's just as hard for me as an individual with a team behind me as it is for you as an individual. You just have to get really in alignment with what it is you're trying to get out of it. Right. And I want you, I want you to talk a little bit about your agenda when you go into these conferences for sales, for right. moving your business forward, because you do something really intentional that I don't think a lot of other people do. <laughs> well, I think about the conference itself, right from the get-go, what industry is it in? So for example, my industry is marketing. Do I serve market research? Yeah, I hope, you know, I hope to always be able to say we're the, you know, we're the uh, agency of choice for the market research industry. That's, that's like my goal. That's the exposure that we want, right? But I have gone to what is my most ideal client and shown up at their industry event. So yes, am I learning? Yeah, I'm, I, it's a little bit lower down the total. Am I looking for content? Fodder? Yes, I am. Am I looking for social opportunity? Yes, I am. But more than anything, I'm putting myself in the room or virtual room with a crap ton of my most ideal clients. And what I see a lot is that people get frustrated because they keep going to industry events and then they say, Priscilla, I never get a sale out of it. I never get something from it. I'm like, yeah, but look at the conferences you go to. If you're an insights professional and your goal is to get a just prospect and get a sale, quit going only to market research conferences where all your peers are. 
or choose, like, for example, the CRC, the corporate researchers one, so you can bump into more corporate researchers if you're looking for the end client, or go to the toy conference and be the only insights professional there who can be the expert, right? Or go to an insurance agency growth hacking seminar. You know what I mean? I don't care what you go to, but go to something where you think you will be the sole expert. You will be looked at as, as um, you know, the, the cat's meow for your what it is that you offer. And I'll take that a step further, not only go, but get a, get a speaking position at one of those conferences, because of course it doesn't hurt to go. And if you use your time wisely and really connect with people, which we'll give some tips on like making the most of these events in a second, but get in front of the people, speak to them. And if you're the only person on the agenda that is speaking about you know, uh, collecting research for that industry specifically, you're going to stand out. Right. Uh, that is such good advice. And then I have a lot of people say, well, we don't know how to become the speaker or whatever. Okay. Obviously you can pay to play. I'm not a big fan, but if it's part of your strategy, that's a part of your strategy. But I have to say speaking is a big gig, but it's very often overlooked that attending can be just as big of a gig if you do it right, (laughs) you know, and I also see, I think speaking is amazing, but I see speakers squander the opportunity. They don't show up for other events. You know, they, you know, they don't come to anybody else's session. I speak all the time and then go attend other people's sessions. And to me, it's that kind of idea that you're either a speaker or a tender is really pretty bunk to me. Let's take a short break. Teams are getting smaller, but you still have to get your research in field. If only you could partner with a global expert to be an extension of your team without the extra overhead. Look no further. Gazelle Global provides the ad hoc services you need when you need them. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how we can handle global sampling, field management, data collection, and more. Our team is ready to lend our expertise to complete projects to your specification. Visit gazelleglobal.com today. So let's kind of come back around full circle and talk about, okay, so how do we bring the same energy or how do we get energized about virtual conferences the same way that we get energized by in-person conferences? And of course, there are differences there, but I think that there is a lot that you can do for virtual conferences that bring that same energy. So let's kind of go back on, on our top tips there. Okay. Well, I mean, people, you know, you, you know, it. they ask you, they ask me all the time, oh my gosh, how do you guys do so much at conferences? And it's really not a huge mystery. Number one, hard work. Yeah. Number two, caffeine. <laughs> or in the case, sometimes remember we've had some juice bars. Those have been awesome too. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, number three, uh, let us know and reward us with a cocktail at the end of the day and we will, we will work to the bone. And that's, that's it. I think we can wrap up the episode right now. Call it a day, go home. There are your top three tips. But that hard work is one that I think that people don't really, they say they understand it, but then they don't put it in. And you, you and I know we teach companies all the time and even prep companies for trade shows all the time. There's things you need to be doing three weeks before that show. This doesn't mean that you're putting it on. There are three things, three weeks worth of things that you could be doing leading up to 
to a conference that you're attending. And then there's all the things you're doing at the actual conference. And then there's three weeks of follow-up. And to me, if it's worth that, you know, hour or that full day, or in some cases, three days of attending, it's worth all of the other work. And if it's not worth all the rest of that work, then it might not be something that should be on your agenda at all. Yeah, I think that's huge. For me, when I think about this, I start going through like my day, right? Like what got me really energized at in-person events and what and what is lacking in virtual? And I, for this last conference, and I even gave these tips on LinkedIn too, um, I started with the basics. I, when I'm at in-person events, I wake up early, I work out, I get ready, and I drink espresso. That's like my, that's, that's like my little routine in person. I am so excited for those in-person events. If I can follow that flow. Well, I realized I wasn't, become, though, wait, wait, wait. It has become a company policy though, that you won't let me book you into a hotel room that doesn't have the Nespresso. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, of course, given I will, I will just leave. <laughs> I table, will stakes, table stakes, people, table stakes. Yeah. But I, I actually, for the last virtual conference I attended, I said, okay, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to pretend like I am attending an in-person conference. So I got up extra early. I worked out. I got fully ready. I got to the office early so that, and I made a quick stop so I could get some espresso on the way into the office. I got my desk set up. You know, I, I felt good about myself. I had my caffeine in hands and I got to the office a little bit early so I could get rid of a couple of my emails. So I could totally focus on that day. And to be honest, it did change everything for me. I was like, I had that feeling like the pit in my stomach. That's like, I am excited. I have this energy to attack the day. And it was awesome. Yeah, but you also had done the hard work before that created some of the anticipation because you had connected with all of the speakers who were going to be, I mean, it's public knowledge. It's right there on the agenda. Connect with them. It says what they're going to be speaking about. You know, we had such a great event just recently and John Bostock from uh, Truman's, the brand Truman spoke. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even know about this brand, but I was so excited to hear from him. I ended up in the chat and we were chatting, chatting. And then he asked a question and was giving away a book. And I was the first one to put the chat in and I got the signed book. And it was just like, you know, it's those little things. You just can't despise the little thing because they're a part of kind of what gets your energy going. But my point is that you had done the homework before you knew what was coming. You felt prepared that you knew who was going to be speaking. And if it, they said something really great, you knew that how to connect that with them on, um, on social media. So tell people about, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of put it back over to you. Tell people about our famous cheat sheet, mm -hmm. <laughs> our method, the, famous cheat sheet. <laughs> the ones that yeah. make us everybody's best friend at the conference. <laughs> right. Well, we, we found ourselves in sessions, like tweeting like madmen, but like tr no one puts their Twitter handle up on the screen, which if you're hearing this and you present at these conferences, please include a slide with your Twitter handle or maybe your LinkedIn URL, something so we can easily connect with you. But we were tweeting furiously, trying to look up the company, trying to look up the handle and it was too much. So we decided, why don't we just create a master sheet that has the person's name their company Twitter and their personal Twitter, and we'll put in an Excel doc and we will carry that around with us and we will use it when we're tweeting. We put them in alphabetical order. It is so simple. And like Priscilla said, public knowledge, all of the speakers, all of the sponsors are published weeks in advance online. 
So it's not, it's not like the day before all of a sudden I'm like spending five hours on Twitter, tracking all these people down. We start three weeks in advance and start collecting those names and Twitter handles whenever we have time to do it. Then we show up to the conference with that cheat sheet in hand and we are ready to go. We hit the ground running. Let's take a short break. And for those people who are a one-man show, well, listen, it's a virtual assistant. It's 20 bucks. Get it done. (laughs) You know, put it in hand. Let someone else do that work. I'm not saying you need to do that work, but it is something that really is a game changer because you feel like you have then the tools to reach out and connect with people. And I have to say, connecting with everybody on social makes a huge, huge difference. And for those of you who are insights professionals who go to these conferences, which is where this question came from, um, the reality is it's a lot of the speakers who are the people you're trying to prospect. And so when you go there and you end up in the chats and let's just say you put all your energy and you do a good job in the chat feature and you're talking with people, that's your peers right? But the actual people who are speaking are your potential clients. And so being able to give them a shout out, which I always remind people, you know what people like to talk about? Themselves. You know, so give them a shout out. And um, uh, just in this last one, I'll, I'll use this example one more time. John Bostock from uh, from Truman, when I received his book about you know, just a few days ago in the mail, it was signed and it was really fun. It's just a celebration of like after the event, I posted it on LinkedIn. And I mean, within two hours, it had like 3000 views. And I was like, damn, he must have a really strong algorithm on his LinkedIn. You know, I get three or 4,000 a lot of times in mine. That's just kind of my range of the the view. Um, But my gosh, it was so fast. And so that's kind of what's interesting. What people don't realize is when you connect with other people, you're really leveraging other people's influence also. And that's not a bad thing. That's what people came out to LinkedIn. That's what people come out to Twitter for is to connect and allow each other to leverage each other's influence. And if we're talking about leveraging, I just want to slide this in there. Use the hashtag. Most of these virtual conferences have a hashtag. So of course, use that in your post because then your post will be tracked and seen by people who are also following the hashtag. But something that we do, Twitter makes it very easily and LinkedIn as well to follow a hashtag. So I'll just use IIEX for for example. They do a really good job at pointing everyone to using that hashtag. They don't make it complicated. They don't have seven different hashtags. They don't change it year by year. It's the same hashtag. And we make sure we follow it before the conference, during and after, because the conversation does not stop or does not start day of. It's happening before, it's happening during, and it's happening happening after. So tapping into that hashtag gives you a whole nother uh, like level of potential reach. The other thing about that, what you just mentioned is that they use the same hashtag last year. No matter what conference you're going to, go look at what hashtag they did use last year because guess what? Guess who might be attending? The people who attended last year. So if you want to, you know, make some interesting connections three weeks before, hey, I noticed you you went to, you know, IIEX, Quirks, you know, TMRE, whatever it is. I noticed you went last year. Um, any chance you're going to be there this year? Maybe we can, you know, catch up with each other in the chat. So that, I mean, we're getting into minutia there, but you can see there's just, we have so, there's so much that you can do. It's not a case of, I don't know what to do. It's let's focus and let's do the things that we, we can. And that, I want to talk about another tip that I got. I'll give a shout out again to Tacey Avdikian. She gave us this tip, but um, you know, some people were telling us they couldn't really 
you know, multitask as much. And there was great chat going on. They wanted to follow up with a question that someone had, but they couldn't remember what they said in the chat or they didn't remember that person's name, et cetera. And she's like, oh, well, what I do is I just copy and paste or screenshot the whole chat. And that way, two days later, when I actually have the time, I'll go back and answer someone's question or ask them again, hey, tell me more about what you were thinking. I was like, oh my gosh, JC, that's genius. That's so, huge. Yeah, that's, that's huge. really good. And, and- it's good if you're the speaker, because then you can have act- most of these platforms when it ends, it ends and that chat goes away. So even if you're the speaker to be able to copy and paste screenshot, whatever it is, or have someone from your team on the other side of it, who's doing that work for you. That's huge. And something I, I have been seeing more and more, our speakers are asking for Twitter. I know we do this Twitter handles or LinkedIn URLs and saying, put that link in the chat. Well, if you don't have time to go through and find all of those while the presentation is going on, that copy and paste will be a lifesaver. Absolutely. And again, people go to these things to be found, to be seen. So don't be shy about asking. So I'm going to bring up a rule that I have for just digital transformation, which I'm teaching all the time, but it applies here to this virtual conference type of thing. I always tell people, you know, back in the days when we could travel and we were seeing each other face to face, if you meet someone online, meet them offline. If you meet them offline, meet them online. This offline, online thing is really key to building a meaningful network. And so when people say, oh, I don't want to connect with someone because it's salesy and slimy. Okay, well, just don't be salesy and slimy. Connect with them and be genuine. Like that's the, that's the answer. The answer is, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, so uh, th- th- what this means is that, yeah, of course, now we're all online, online, online. But, you know, in terms of the conference, you catch up with them in the conference, catch up with them somewhere else, offer them a 15 minute, hey, listen, let's jump on the phone. Um, let's jump on a Zoom call, let's jump on whatever it is, you know, virtual coffee, you get yours, I'll get mine. And um, 15 minutes, nobody sells to anybody. You tell me what you do, I'll tell you what I do, and we'll see if we have a great connect there. And that is not slimy, it's not salesy. And it, it, what's interesting is you're not really even just limiting it to that person. But case in point, I had, I'll I'll give a shout out to Kat Becker, a new conference friend of mine. But, you know, we ended up in a chat and she was like, hey, I'm interested in doing a pro bono piece of work, um, but I really want to do it for an entity that serves um, families and children with autism. Does anybody have a link? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so neat. I know a client who would love to have some pro bono work done around this area. I connected them like about, it. then I was really busy. So it did take me about four or five days, but I I contacted the the, uh, client first and I asked her, I'm like, what do you think about this? This is really typical, you know, market researchers, sometimes when they have a lull between, they want to do pro pro bono work, that's a passion project, but also it helps their portfolio. What do you think about this? Made the connection, boom. I would have never done that if she had not been forward enough in a chat to really put out there what she was there for, what she needed. I was happy to do that. That is a really a big part of my ethos and a big part of why I feel I've earned the right to be a resource for people. So you got to show up. You got to ask questions. What are you trying to get out of this? It's just, it's not rude. And my, I I just want to give one last tip. Um, Attend those networking events. I know like that is a given when you're there, right? You go to an in-person conference, you're there. What else are you going to do? So of course you're going to all the networking conferences or the networking events at the conference. Now, virtual is a little bit different. 
personally, I've been seeing a huge drop off at the end of the day. The happy hours are saved to last. People are tired. It's, you know, they're happening at five or six o'clock. So maybe your spouse is getting home or getting, you know, wrapping up their work for the day on their computer. Kids are wanting dinner, whatever it may be. It's a little bit different because you're at home, but I would just encourage you hang on a little bit longer and try to attend those events for at least 30 minutes. That has been so beneficial for us. And we've hosted a couple. Um, we did a, we, we sponsored and helped host a wire event. That was so much fun. We did trivia. We gave away like thousands of dollars worth of prizes. And it was so much fun. The chat went like off the wall. People were making connections. I made so many connections just from that event alone. And I feel like I got to know people's personalities because we were having fun. It wasn't like super uh, stiff. Like we were, we were just letting loose. And then we did the MR podcast awards too, which was huge. And again, we made it fun. It was an award show. So we did give away an award, but we also, we did a, a quick fun game that was all chat based and people had a blast, made connections and it was, yeah, it was just so much fun. Well, both of those two examples, we were laughing so hard. We were crying. I even got messages the next day, like, oh my gosh, Priscilla, the thing I liked the most was watching you laugh and try and hold your composure. <laughs> if anybody knows, that's really not going to happen. I'm just going to let it, let it go. But you know, this is also a note to people who are putting on events you got to understand that it, when we're bored, we're bored. <laughs> and so the onus is on you to create that, um, that invitation for people to chat, connect. I love saying that. I said that in the wire group. I'm like, everybody throw your, you know, throw your Twitter uh, handle in the chat right now. Let's all get each other's Twitter because that's so hard to find. But you have to, as the uh, event organizer, you have to invite people to that. You know, I, I do like how like IIEX did a fun thing of like, you know, send us a picture of your, you know, your furry friend who's attending the conference with you and, you know, gave away a prize. There were some fun things there. This, this caption, <laughs> it turns out people were so funny about the caption. Like we were asking them to, here's an image, you know, give us the show, like the fake title to this fake podcast. I, I, I really, when you and I and, and the Green Book, you know, group sat in and, and, you know, brainstormed this idea, I thought I personally, and I think I said it in the meeting, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think people are that funny. I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah. People are, are given the space to be funny. Some of them are wicked funny. And it was such a great relief and release. And I also think this is the place where you can be memorable. And so, I mean, to me, I guess that's maybe the second to last tip. I have one other, but be memorable, show up, say something personal, wear a funny hat if you have to, but get in the Zoom call when it's networking and do something that's memorable. Don't just sit and, and work, you know, get involved in some way. And turn your camera on. <laughs> Please. <laughs> we're all, we're all well-versed with the Zoom reality. It's all authentic. It's good. Right. Nobody's going to judge you. But my last thing is to really be open to be, to get inspired. You know, other people give me great ideas at conferences and that energizes me. And I do want to keep a small little note and say, oh, that's a good idea. That spark happens when you prepare yourself to get inspired. And someone gives me a great new idea. In fact, the MR podcast award that we put on in, in um, partnership with Green Book came from an idea from someone else at an actual conference. 
they said, well, you know, Priscilla, you should, you should like think about, um, you know, giving away a, you know, MR podcast award. I'm like, I'd love to claim that as my idea, but it was not my idea. <laughs> <laughs> so get prepared to get inspired and have something ready that you can write some of your ideas down and capture them so that they're not lost. Okay. That was, that was a lot. We gave a lot of tips lot. there. So hopefully you got to like jot a couple of those down. Um, if not go back, re-listen, soak <laughs> it in before your next virtual conference. But if you're looking for more, maybe this wasn't enough for you. Um, we have a ton of free resources on our website, but I would encourage you to visit a very specific page. If you're looking to honestly just look like a full digital transformation, top to bottom, visit our site. It's littlebirdmarketing.com slash DLA. Go there and you're going to find out a little bit more about our digital transformation program. And that that is really, you know, we're giving small tips and tricks here, but if you're like, you know what? Yeah, I agree with all of that, but I just need the push to get going. Go visit that page because you're going to get more information. Um, there is a free like little training video on there too. So you'll get a taste of what that's like. Um, so go to that page, download that video, watch it, um, and then reach out to us if you, if you want to take it a step further. Exactly. Because with, you know, face-to-face meetings not happening, conferences all going virtual, to be really honest, the people with the digital skills... <laughs> are really in high demand. And you may have thought in the past that, you know, being um, really great on social was not really a part of your job. Well, guess what? (laughs) It's a part of your job. In fact, I would argue that it's a part of your survival in your job. So we'd love to help you there. And like Ashley said, we have a lot of great free stuff too. So um, check that out. And also, pull us aside. Give us your confessional. What do you want us to answer? Uh, That was a real romp though, Ashley. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like Priscilla said, reach out to us with your questions. You can reach out at podcast at littlebirdmarketing.com. You can find Priscilla and I, both of us on LinkedIn. So please go connect with us. Thanks for joining us at Ponderings from the Purge from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing. Have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.